Right, welcome to episode two of Green Minds Think Alike. Uh, join this wonderful evening uh, along the banks of the Cumberland River here in Nashville with um, Southeast Sustainability Directors Network co-founder um, Maggie Ullman. Maggie, thanks for joining us. And, um, you know, again, your crew has done an excellent job here in Nashville. It's always a, it's always a great time. and I look forward to this every year. But can you give us a little bit of history on how the the network here in the southeast started um you know for somebody i've been involved for going on five years now but you know i wasn't around in the very beginning so it's yeah but it, it, it'd be good to hear kind of how it how you went through the formation and and uh, that sort of thing so sure you can go ahead and, this is fun glad this to be here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so i guess you know where I think of how it started was I just think of when I started my role, I was the sustainability director for the city of Asheville, and I took that job and started January 2008. And I remember going in and talking to my boss one of the first days. I'm like, great, so like, what am I supposed to do here? And they were like, I don't know. <laughs> and I think that's what a lot of folks especially when a city is starting a program, that's the, that's the dynamic. And so quickly I was like, all right, who can I steal from? Who else out oh, there yeah. in the South yeah. is there? Right. And there was no one else in the South. There, yeah. like, there, no other programs had started yet. And so at that point, I was really fortunate to start being part of the conversation of building the National Urban Sustainability Directors Network. I went to their first meeting, very involved in building that network. And after just a few short years of building USDN and being part of that, and seeing the power of how networks can really accelerate innovation and accelerate our ability to implement things in our communities, as well as building this peer network, I would come back here. And I remember talking with Tobin Freed from Durham. She's still uh, the City County Durham Sustainability Directors Network. And just seeing how grateful I was to have this national network, I was then feeling like, man, there's a lot of other communities that are popping up in the South. Like we need, and those communities might not prioritize going to national conferences in Seattle or what right. have you. And so that's when I got put in touch with Susanna Sutherland, who was the Knoxville sustainability director at the time. And we both kind of started this idea of like, what if we started something here in the South? And in the, in, in the, in the way of networks, we didn't predetermine anything. We just called up people we knew. And this was 2011 by that time called up 19 people and they all came to Asheville in June I guess by at that point it's 2012 and we were like so how did you pitch that to them I mean what it was really informal we had coaching from Pete Plastrick who is still a very close mentor of mine and he was really the network architect between USDN as well kind of this network design thing and he had coached us to just identify people that we wanted to learn from that we'd been hearing about in the space so Suzanne and I created a list then we divvied up the list and then we made phone calls and it would be as simple as me calling someone up and saying hey I'm in Asheville and either I knew them already because I'd seen them at something or I didn't know them at all and just explain like I think it'd be really cool if we could teach each other because right now there's no conference I can go to I can't go to the APA or ICMA to learn anything like there's nowhere for us yet because we're this field was so young and you want to get together and talk about stuff we we're going to come to Asheville we'd love you to come and then that you know grew year after year and each year we added more structure so that year we started a steering committee and then we added more and then we started work groups and learning groups and just kind of grew from there and then I mean we're here in Nashville uh this is our seventh annual meeting um 
and now I'm phasing out of the network, which feels feels exciting for everybody. What at, at what point did you feel comfortable moving? You know, basically away from the the city of Asheville oh, right. into into this more permanent consulting yeah. role. You know, what kind of made you jump? <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> a lot of it was really I'd been at the city going on seven years and um I had kind of uh, fulfilled the initial policy goals that had been set by my city council we had been we started at a two percent annual reduction goal then they doubled it and it was a four percent annual reduction goal for carbon greenhouse gas emissions um and I I was just ready professionally for another step and I think the level of impact I wanted at the time felt like it was more ambitious than what my elected officials had supported uh-huh. um, and so it just kind of got to a point where I needed I was ready to change and be out of the city of Asheville um, and, I, and Asheville's small it's not like I could go find another a nonprofit doing this and so my partner and I were faced with like do we move out of Asheville or do I make something up mm-hmm. and consulting has been the vehicle for me to make it up and it's working and it's really fun and it's really challenging and um, and that I started that business three and a half years ago and so uh, SSDN has been um, like one of my clients since I made that transition and it's been so lucky that everyone had allowed me to kind of keep participating when I left being a member um, and yeah it's been really fun yeah I mean the, it, it is gonna be a you were talking about maybe you're you're well we are you're transitioning yeah. a little bit out of it into a more of a phone a friend yeah exactly <laughs> instead and of 400 hours yeah, a year yeah. 75 hours a year you know just a lot less exactly um and so I, I think can you sort of look at what has changed in that seven year span in mm-hmm. regards to the network can you sort of speak to you know yeah. Your, your legacy if you will <laughs> with <laughs> oh, uh, gosh, you know yeah what are what are some of the things you're proud of seeing coming from the network I will say and it's been really surprising to me I'm such a person that spends a lot of time in my head and then I'll get caught off guard by my heart participating in my life and um, when I showed up yesterday and there's like 55 people it was very touching mm-hmm so there was like 19 people and I was scraping, you know, scraping the barrel of people who were kind of touching it. You know, it was like public right. works directors at the beginning, like the growth. And that's not my legacy. That's the arc of the field of practice. Right. That, that's yeah. an that's indicator of cities saying we have a role in climate change. Um, but to be able to help build the support infrastructure so that as new communities are coming on board, those sustainability folks have a place to go to learn and collaborate that that feels really I, I, I feel really grateful to, to have been part of that mm-hmm. um, the other thing I think about a lot is or maybe not a lot but the consulting work I do is about collective action and collaboration which are super buzzwords but essentially how you get people to work together if it was easy we would have solved the problems by now it's not it takes a lot of nuance and expertise and um the experience of building this network at first with Susanna and then really with all of the members and then recently with Meg Jamison who's stepping into the director role um, and now with Vanessa King hopefully moving towards coordination role uh, it's it, I don't know have you ever had this experience where you're just like I felt like I was really young and I knew that I needed to do environmental work it was just something that I'd been called to and 
I believe this stuff would work, but I wasn't really sure yet, you know? And then I worked at the city and I was like, no, this is real. We can save half a million dollars a year on LED streetlights. This is a sound business model. And similarly, like, I've always wanted to believe that working together is better than working apart. And the experience of helping build this and learning about network theory has taught me like, no, this isn't Maggie's being pie in the sky and young and idealistic and naive. Like this is real. So codifying like a blind faith with reality has been really moving. Um, and, and I'm very grateful for. Yeah. Hey, how, Can, how are you, how are you, how are you doing? doing? Have a beautiful oh, night. Yeah. <laughs> God bless. It's also interesting in regards to just the profession, how it, you mm-hmm. know, in the past there weren't schools of sustainability yep. per se. And mm-hmm. how do you how do you see that affecting the network and and the growth of of the profession and and how the network is sort of will interface with these schools? I mean, mm-hmm. have you started to see any of that in any way? Um, you know. A lot of the work I do consulting outside of the network is around designing system change approaches. And networks are a tool to help create a system of a field of practice. And so when I when I hear that question, what, what my head goes to think about is not necessarily like schools. I haven't been engaged with that directly, but I think more about the nonprofit partners in the universe, <laughs> or, you know, mm-hmm. in, the, in the country, what have you. There's been a lot of nonprofits that have been playing environmental games and doing very successfully for a very long time. And uh, any of those that have had a propensity or interest in working with local governments have this internal advocate now or an internal translator of sustainability directors. And so the a connection I see much more of than the academic setting is partnering with nonprofits, whether they're local or regional or national, and how sustainability offices are adding a lot of value and insight. I mean, one of the things we learned in our survey of the members last year, we asked you all about like, uh, what are some of the most impactful practices you can do or policies you can do? And then we also asked, what are the most feasible to implement? And something that was really interesting is you look, we looked at um, 100% renewable energy. People were like, man, yes, high, high impact. And then we asked about feasibility. They said, they didn't say it's not feasible, but they said it's very, very difficult to pull that off in many communities. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I see that, like, and I think it's a great campaign. I think Sierra Club's a major driver of it. I wouldn't slight it, but what I'd say is, what if we could get to a point where before big greens or national nonprofits pursue campaigns like that that are targeting local governments, we could help inform them more yeah. effectively. Yeah, being, it, the, being that conduit, that intermediary for the, the city sustainability um, departments is, I think is very helpful you know that we yeah. can sort of funnel it and and then speak uh, together mm-hmm. um, you know like we were t- this morning in, in one of the workshops we were talking about TVA and and how the network was able to bring in through the peer learning exchange yes. all those cities mm-hmm. they were getting fed different information but through the network you know they were able to facilitate a meeting to bring them all together mm-hmm. and it really helped you know um, bring out um, better products mm-hmm. and um, you know a, and a straighter path for everybody involved mm-hmm. and I, I think that's the power of the network and yeah. and, and uh, so you know a lot of that is has grown out of that mm-hmm. and you know moving forward now that you've been able to bring in uh, 
funders to, mm-hmm. to bring some excellent grant opportunities to the network. I mean, that's fantastic. And that is like a dream. I remember after like having the first conversations with Dennis Creech at the Candida Fund, like talking to my husband and be like, dude, someone wants to give us a million bucks to give out to cities. Yeah. Someone acknowledges that like philanthropy is so important to all the change making in our country. But it, the, the shiny object effect impacts all of us. Mayors, sustainability directors, and definitely philanthropy. And so there's so much money out there for the folks who can run the fastest in this game of life. And um, we have some fast runners here in the South, but we also have folks who are just going at the pace of middle America. And I, I'm very passionate about transforming the top of the bell curve as well as the, the, the fastest runners, those earliest innovators. And I think that the opportunity for a funder to say like, look, you don't have to jump through 19 hoops to get this. Here's some implementation money. What you need is money to get stuff on the ground. It's going to be really transformative. Because the other thing that, that I'm really excited about the project is, I mean, how many times have you talked to a peer where or heard a peer say something like, well, that's a cool project, but I can't bring a case study from San Francisco right. yeah, to the South. Exactly. And I'm from Asheville. I even know that in some communities, you can't bring a case study from Asheville to your town in the South. Like, that's real, right? And so with this, with the Southeast Sustainable Communities Fund, we're going to be funding those projects here mm-hmm. so that you can say, I have a project from Winter Park to show you, right. Madam Mayor. Um, and, and showing proof of concept in our context of the South because the way you make change here is very different than elsewhere. And it's beautiful and awesome. And I love it. I wouldn't want to work elsewhere. Um, but having those local stories from the region, I think we'll be able to really rapidly accelerate what we're trying to pull off. Yeah, and I think without the formation of the Southeast, we wouldn't have the Florida group. We wouldn't have yeah, the that's Tennessee a great point. group. You know, that's I, th- a great point. I think it's been the connector for us. And then we've been able to grow what we needed to do at the state level yeah. off of that. And mm-hmm. So it, it's really even Some helped with off. that. Yeah, Great. Absolutely. Oh, I love hearing that. So, yeah, I mean, kudos all around, you know. Thanks, Chris. Uh, it's been yeah. really fun. And thanks for sharing a little bit of history so, uh, you know, those that are listening to this at some point in time can get get an understanding years down the road of, of how this all got going. So thanks, I love it. Thanks again for... I find it very fitting. It's like we're sitting here on the banks of the river it's a gorgeous afternoon this is very much like the legacy of southern culture like this might as well be a front porch exactly just telling stories and that's how a lot of a lot of important things happen in the south is through us telling and sharing our stories thank you for letting me share mine oh thank you for hours really thanks again maggie yeah Bye. bye